0: I love our church and I love our youth and I love presence of God and we have that amen we don't have we don't need to take it for granted because it's it's a privilege it's a true privilege to be here and uh, when we feel God here it's 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 awesome it's great amen when we have that access we have that access to his presence. And you can touch him. You can speak with him and, and, and hear what he's saying. Amen. So, God bless you. And uh, <clears throat> also, we, we're glad to, to come back. We were glad to be there in Mexico. And then we're uh, truly glad to come back. And uh, everything has the time and the, and the, and the place. And it's time and, and, and to be uh, for us to be here, and uh, it was a great time for us in Mexico. And we've seen God moving. And uh, I just want to, before we're gonna hear the word of God, what God prepared for us uh, uh, to hear today, just to ask you, whoever went uh, uh, with us uh, to Mexico, if you have couple just couple words just less than a minute uh something to share something to say about about our god and what what happened maybe you have just a small revelation that you can you know just uh press together press you know or compress right and deliver right now uh who wants who wants to go who wants okay sasha god bless you
1: one of the things i've learned that when people ask you to do something crazy, you gotta do it right away, because when you think about it too much, you get scared. So um, glad to be back. Glad to see everyone. Glad to see your faces. Uh, just want to share a little bit about Mexico. What I saw. What I witnessed. And uh, what what like every time you go to mission trip, you care about one thing. The most important thing is that God will be with you and if god is not with you then your time is wasted and one of the in one of the ways i saw god in mexico is during prayers i i could see that he he was touching people uh, no matter how good w- preachers were you realize that it's much more than just good words, it's much more than emotions it's it's touch of god on people's lives and it's it's always historical to see somebody changing their lives at the prayer making decisions amen, amen. amen. Praise, god. praise be to
0: god who else yeah okay just wh- whoever uh, whoever is going to be next they just uh, get
2: ready
3: well i'm the second person that was first time in mexico and it was just amazing. It was really a blessing and a privilege from God to go. And um, the crazy thing is, uh, I remember um, when our team came back last time from Mexico and Ramil was sharing, and he was just sharing about all the amazing, powerful things that God was doing and just how God was moving there. You know, and you get excited. and You're like, wow, that's so awesome. And then he says, you know, if you want to be part, of god's move if you want to be there where god is moving you know take take a step of faith and go and i'm like man i do i want to be there where god is moving i want to i want to be part of what god is doing you know and so i'm like you know the first thing i ran i'm like ramil i'm gonna go and and you know he's like you know what i mean he'll seal it right away put a stamp on it and that's it you'll never back down um so it was amazing i thank god that I was there, and it was it was amazing to to see that the 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 power of God moves, and you know, in the Bible it says that you know Paul was saying that the there's it's not in fancy words, but in the power of the Holy Spirit that people their lives are changed, and that's what you see. There's there's nothing like deep and fancy there. It was just. Pure, simple, truth, gospel of Jesus Christ, of His power, of His resurrection, of the cross, and and the truth that He has given us. And that was powerful enough to change people's lives in Mexico. It's powerful enough to continue to change our own lives. And it was just amazing to be part of, of what God was doing and just being used by God. It was just a blessing and an honor by God. Thank you. And uh, next.
2: Alex, see you next. And then Josh. So I'm uh, very blessed to be here in front of all you guys. I wasn't even expecting to speak. Uh, I just got a surprise. Um, but uh, it was a really good experience. I uh, I kind of went out in faith. Alex had actually asked me for the past 18 months to uh, go with him, and every single time I was either starting a new business. It was, you know, during Thanksgiving. And I'm like, you know, I love my mom. Like, I can't leave her for like a week, so didn't happen then he finally caught me um this past time and said hey we're we're gonna go and pray on it think about it and you know I prayed um I stepped out in faith and I I went to the uh mission trip with the guys and um I'm I'm actually blessed for it um I kind of went with the idea that we were going to go and help people but really I felt that I felt very convicted by God in Mexico I don't know if it was you know the moment the people we were with or the sermons um uh to kind of reassess my life and kind of look at things differently um kind of with the more i wouldn't say christian like viewpoint but more of like a i guess a god-based viewpoint right like always kind of think about god first um when you're doing things whether you know that's i'm not saying like you know brushing your teeth you're not going to pray to god and meditate on that right but i mean big things right whether you're making a career change you know, who you might marry, where you might move to, um, the people you interact with on a daily basis, you know just crying out to God and, and, and submitting before him and saying, hey, look, these are my problems. This is kind of what I'm dealing with. What would, what would you have me do? And so through this trip, um, I've definitely got that insight where I'm a little more, um, I guess, thoughtful about what I do before doing it. And I would definitely recommend every single one of you guys to make the trip if you haven't um i'm i'm planning on going back this fall so, yeah.
0: so I just want to let you know that uh, uh Ramil has already put it in his notes, so he's gonna send you a reminder uh, every every month <laughs>
4: <laughs> hello everybody. I think uh, we might need two buses seriously. Everybody wants to go, but um, again, I I experienced God so so much down there. It, it was for me to go, like Psalm was saying. It was like it's always like an interaction with God. You always go there to hear from Him, and all the all the relationships we build with the with the people down there. You just see it's one spirit. It's one. It's the the one Holy Spirit that's connecting all of us. And so on this trip, I really saw the connections. And then and we played baseball with some, like Solomon and I played baseball with some of the, some of the guys, but afterwards you see they're up there crying and they're crying out to God, and you realize, like, you know, we're all humans. We have our, our fun, we have our good moments, but God is the, may God be the center of it all. And and that's what we – it was amazing to see that, amazing to see God's presence. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I, would, I would recommend it to everybody, but I, I think two buses might be a little – who knows too much? I know, God knows.
0: Um,
5: so, uh, I didn't really know what we were going to do uh, when I got there. Um, I knew that like a lot of people were going to preach, a lot of people were going to share stuff, and I didn't know what I was going to do there. And um the first service we were there was on Sunday and we were at me, Alex and Solomon were at Andres' church and um it was just it was very eye opening to see how genuine they were during during worship, during prayer and just like God and God's presence just came down like a cloud and and I think we all noticed that um every single service it felt like God was there, every single service, God was, you know, doing something Doing something in um, in the church and in the um, in the leaders and um, I just thought that this time um, all the Mexicans like I felt like they were like my brothers this time and it was really hard to leave. Yeah.
0: Um.
6: I wonder because. Alex told me he'll pay for me (laughs) but I mean I came there and through leaders God spoke to me and not only through leaders through the people that I was with mostly I would hang out with Angelica a lot and Angelica is so amazing (laughs) so I saw a lot of things that God does through her I didn't know how helpful I was in Mexico I got close to this girl, Alicia, and hopefully she's missing me, but I mean... (laughs) um, It was great. I loved it. I I got so close to the team. There were some things, but I mean, it's great to be part of this youth and knowing some people closer than I did before. It's great. Thank you.
0: You know what, Tanishka... Uh, No, no, you can come. I I just want to let you know that it was a God's purpose. It was a God's will for you to go, not because Alex uh, Alex uh, paid for you. I'll tell I'll tell you I'll tell you a little secret. It was another family that came to me and said uh, we want to pay for Tanya to go to Mexico. So it was another uh, family that was ready to pay for you to go to Mexico. So, you know. Thank you, that family, and thank you, Alex, for hearing the, the, uh, you know, the voice of God. So it was, it was uh, God's will for you to go. So accept it. Uh,
7: for me, this trip was kind of bittersweet because now I'm starting school, so I don't know when I'm going back. Uh, but I know I'm going back. <laughs> and it was great. And something that I really saw a lot of on this trip was God's grace, even how we made it to Mexico and the bus didn't break and the Mexicans fixed it for super cheap. It was awesome. On the way back, we didn't break. In the Mexican, like, last checkpoint, they didn't stop us at all. On the U.S. border, they didn't stop us at all. Uh, when we were going into Mexico, I forgot to grab my passport to take it into the visa place. And the dude was like, you're already in the system. I don't really care. I like, so I didn't have to go back to the bus. But just a lot of grace and different things. So I know that a lot of people are praying for us in the youth and in the church and that was great. And something that really inspired me was how we went out to do evangelizing. I'm sure you've all heard a little bit about it. And I just saw how simple it is. to. It, all it takes is just you loving people, going and offering a prayer, and, and saying that God is great. He did this in my life, and he can do it in yours too. So just showing me that it's a lot simpler than I made it out to be before.
0: Oh, man.
8: Where's the juicy details? (laughs) I only have one minute. I have two juicy details. Uh, One is uh, we got to visit a a church on Sunday. Uh, Pastor Juan, he uh, goes to uh, a church in the village, the village where we were all kind of paranoid to go in the first place. But uh, uh, they are talking about... uh, their church is always full. There's always new people. We're talking about like uh, what uh, Reuben was sharing on Monday. That there's a lot of witchcraft around. And you know the son of the witch has come. And the daughter of the witch has come to the church. And the guy that was leading the service there on Sunday was the son of the witch. And, and things are really uh, amazing when you are fellowshipping with them and, 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 and whatnot. But it's interesting that this time uh, I, we asked to go see his house. And he said, okay, sure, yeah. It's, and so he took us to his house, and it's on the other part of the city. And while we were there, we realized, <laughs> this is a tiny house, but okay. <laughs> uh, but we all, we all like, let's bless him. Let's, you know, if it's on our hearts. And everybody's like, yeah, we're actually thinking the same thing. And so, uh, actually, Ruvim and I were talking about it before we left the church. Like, hey, we should bless the pastor. It's really. And so we decided, we grabbed the envelope, we are going to put it all in the envelope, and then give it to him. And... um as we decided that angelica and are like yeah let's we are we feel it too so we gave him envelope uh and uh, we just said it's on our hearts to bless you and he just starts crying he just oh yeah yeah while we were stri- while we were driving he's like yeah well um uh here's the offering that we collected for the sunday service I, I, it's like that with most of the churches there like if you're if you have a guest speaker uh, all the offering that's collected that day goes to the guest speaker. And we're like, we don't know what to do with it. Like we, we, like, we know there's other reasons and purposes, so maybe you can pray, and God will open up to you what to do with it, but we, will, we won't accept it. And uh, he's like, really? And we're like, yeah, really. And anyways, we get to his house, and we, we, we give him a an envelope with some money, and he breaks down crying. His wife is shocked, and he was just sharing how he did not expect... The goodness of God to show up like this. He actually never expected us to to bless him, and uh, he was just he just was so moved, so so touched. It was a moment for all of us. We we're like, man, is I don't know, not a lot of money to our comp, you know, but. He, he didn't even count the money. It wasn't about the money. It was just he was he, he was going through financial crisis and his family and he's the, the pastor of the church has we we drove by a business that got shut down that he used to work at now he has to transfer, he has to drive a long ways and, and everybody's there is working for, you know, max twelve, fifteen dollars a day. And uh so that was tremendous to see All of us have the same heart and move like that. But I want to say this, every single time we, I think what, this wasn't planned, but when we were all sharing on the bus what we experienced, Dima says two things, the two most important things. He says, if we have unity, that means we had a successful trip. And if we saw God move, that means we had a successful trip. And to see a lot of decisions that we had to make quickly and stuff like that it was unified. It was very, very simple, very easy, very clean. And we got to see God in all of that. So those people that are up here like, I don't know if God used me. You were a part of a team. You definitely were used by God, even if you're just cleaning the bus or or if you're just praying at night when nobody's watching. Uh, you were a part of a team, and, and that team was successful. So you are... Definitely, were used by God, and and, and don't think that y- your your time was a waste, or, or you I'm not even going to get to the second one, but unless you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah, amen, amen, angelic.
0: Come up here. Who is next?
9: <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um, this is kind of hard because. The things I wanted to say were kind of said by some people. But overall, this is okay. This is my second trip, and I really enjoyed it. Um, every single service, I was able to feel God's presence. And even though the worship is really loud and it's not very professional, you just truly feel God moving through each person and through all the musicians and all the singers Um, One thing I really enjoyed, um, Alina talked about it, was the evangelism. During the evangelism, I didn't feel prepared. I didn't know how I would be able to talk to them. I didn't know what I could say. But during the evangelism, I truly felt like God was speaking through me, and he was telling me the exact words I needed to tell the people. And it was just such unity. And like Alina was saying, it really inspired me to do it here as well because it is so simple, and if you put your heart to it, and if you allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you, then it can be very powerful. Yeah. Um,
8: This
10: was a very uh, interesting trip for me
4: or so,
10: uh, my ninth trip but the team's 10th trip to Mexico so it's kind of like an anniversary uh, trip I didn't go because Alex paid for me but uh, Remil, Remil can you write down the next time Alex is going to pay for me um, <laughs> it doesn't matter which Alex they can, <laughs> they can share <laughs> they can share the privilege um I don't know. It was just uh, an amazing trip, and just to see that, that that God loves the the people in this tiny city in Mexico. And every time I go there, I still don't understand how God brought us to this tiny city. And and it's just it's it's amazing, and it's awesome to see how God started everything. And and you know, in the Word, it says that He's the the author and the finisher of, of our faith. So it's kind of like He started this this story, or He started this new. Chapter in in our youth ministry in our in our church and, and it's just amazing you know every time we go there it's like a it's like you know we read an, another part of the chapter and it's just awesome to see what God is doing and and there's a building there now I know we said that last time we were there but you know they actually have like a church building now and 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 you know the people are you know getting more and more into ministry now we hear where they're going to start going to an orphanage and serving there and they're still serving in the villages and and uh, when we went evangelizing. Omar was in our group, and I remember the very first time uh, we went there to their church, and he was still shorter than me. And he is—I don't even know how—he's like what six-two or he's six-six-one, or he's like you know he's—he's he's this you know he's the kid, but he's like up here, and it's like he was evangelizing with us, and the pastor's wife would be like, you know there'd be like dogs barking somewhere, and she'd be like, Omar, go over there. I don't want to go. There's dogs barking, and you just you know like goes like a soldier without thinking or processing anything just like dogs barking at him he just walks at them and they and they run away from him and then he just knocks on the door and leaves a note or starts telling people about the service and it's just awesome to, I don't know I, I I really got to see how much he grew and, and and matured not just you know physically but as a Christian and I'm you know there I could say a story like that about a lot of the the young people there and it's just awesome to be a part of it, and, and just to, you know, be a, an instrument in, in God's hand for, for these churches in Navajo.
0: Amen, amen. <clears throat> okay, someone else? No one else? Ramit, do you want to say? Do you want to? Do you want to? Mm-hmm.
11: when you get asked if you want to say something or not then what's the right answer yes do you guys see this this is already better this is this is what you uh this is what you get in mexico if you want to know more uh, i have more of these on my body uh yeah it's part of it's not easy you know just just want to say that it's not easy to be a missionary um yeah i i it, this mission trip was different. We had more people than we had seats. I spent more time with Ravim in horizontal position than than I did with him in vertical for the last two months. Uh, <laughs> it was very unusual, but we got very close, very close um and, and yeah, we had one memorable speed bump that we missed uh can I can tell you about that as well my ribs remember that Um, but what was interesting about this this trip it's it's what's interesting is that you know there's you, you go you it's like it's like three days almost three days to get there like five and a half days total to be getting there and to come back right and then maybe four and a half days that we spend there but there's there's still so much joy and fun like, I mean I'm just telling you a few things, right? There's so many things that, that God has done that you know, that that touch you as well. And it's not just not just fun. I think when you when you let, when you open up to God, he he does speak to you, not just to people. And yeah, like when we weren't evangelizing, what was interesting is that we went um to the parts of the city that were near uh near the church and really one of the one of the most um, dangerous things was the dogs I think that was like that was really the the worst thing Every, other than that people were very open I think we went we touched multiple families like a lot of families from from what we kind of added up together and everybody said yes 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 we'll come uh, they don't come uh, not everyone came of course but it's just it's just interesting that, that people let you in. They, they actually tell you. I know that maybe a lot of them didn't come, but a lot of them, I know that a lot of them did listen, did hear, did accept. They asked for prayer. They they wanted to be prayed over. And they didn't ask if we were Catholics or anything like that, uh, which that's the kind of the majority, the main religion there, right? But it was you know it's interesting how how god has done everything again uh you go there as i'll i'll be honest it's it's not like not every time you are thinking that you're going to go fight you know some super submission it's you know we're not like secret agents we don't feel that that uh we're happy if the bus doesn't break um but other than that it's 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 nothing i'll be i'll be honest it's nothing unusual but at the same time you see from time to time the main thing that, that that kind of encourages me is that one is that more people want to go and God tells them and like in this case that God told uh, somebody to pay for Tanya and that's that's an indicator and the other thing is that they're changing and, and they're changing and it seems like you know we're rubbing off against each other they they get things from us we get things from them uh, but it's interesting that, that that there's you can tell when we go there, when God comes down, that reminds me every single time that, that that was pleasing to God. Otherwise, he wouldn't be there. Otherwise, he wouldn't come to that service. And you know, those are the things that, that, that are very encouraging. And yeah, like with Omar, we met, when Dima and I went evangelizing, we saw one girl with, like, um, with a heart, uh, half of the heart. You know, when a like, heart is broken, apparently you're very in love. And she had one of the halves of that heart, and Omar had that. We remember that Omar had that the first time we actually did a trip. And Andres didn't want to say it, and Dima said, like, say it. And he goes, I'm not going to say it. He goes, yes, say it. Like, it doesn't matter what you want. And, like, we made him say it. He told it to Omar and to his friend. I can't even remember who his friend was, but Omar and somebody else. And, And Omar, next day, he came without that thing, and and now he's yeah i mean he was we were riding in the in the bed of his pickup truck when he didn't have any driver driving license at all um and you're not driving on a straight road there just just saying so uh so i was like really kind of like in the in the bed trying not to fall off but yeah that's omar now that's what noah was saying he he goes and just speaks and preaches and he doesn't hold back so it's just it's it's great to see the growth that's that's what was amazing Oh, Amen. Praise God.
0: <clears throat> and we could uh, add much more to, uh, you know, to our testimonies. And uh, yeah, it was the 10th uh, trip, and uh, we saw God. We saw God. And uh, at this time, it was different because, I don't know, I saw it completely different. Very simple messages, but with a huge impact with the biggest impact we ever seen probably, right? Like every time, it was like a simple message, but almost like all people come, uh, come to the altar uh, sincerely uh, uh, ready to, to accept God, ready to accept God's will. And, uh, and we see the development of, of God's will. So We can, we can see what God is, uh, is doing in Navajo and what God is doing in our hearts. I just saw uh, Solomon and, and he's like, oh man, I'm ready to go back. And I was like, man, I'm ready to go back too. I'm just, uh, maybe one week, uh, uh, we just came back one week ago and I was like, if if it would be a good time, I would go to, today probably. I would go back. And uh, what we see, there is there is more possibilities and we uh, we will share it later uh, after some confirmations. But I, I already see uh, with my eyes, with a, with the real information, uh, what uh, what might be uh, for us uh, in the future, and uh, and today uh, at night, I think God was, was talking to me about about another possibility uh, or development for or uh, for our, uh, our mission trip next time. So November beginning of November, uh, we if God allows, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go again, and you you wanna you wanna say something sure uh, Ramil is not here he he would he would put you on, on the list no
12: <laughs> I didn't go to Mexico, um obviously, but i um I've kind of learned to figure out how God starts to talk, my heart starts beating faster because I know he wants me to come up here and, and get freaked out a little bit but um for some reason when i was when you guys were in Mexico, I'll just say two words. When I was praying, I kept closing my eyes and for some reason I saw, um, a while ago I used to have a screensaver at work, and this was it. I don't know if you guys can see it, but it's a ripple. And I kept seeing the same image every single time I would pray about you guys in Mexico. Ripple effect, ripple effect, ripple effect all over Mexico. And I don't know why, but every single time it was the same exact image, so... um, I, I felt like the, just to say that and encourage everyone who was there, how you guys were, because I didn't have a chance to go. But um, I, we were all praying with you, and I know that God is doing something there through us. So,
0: and, uh, yeah, I just wanna <laughs> just wanna say something before before we're gonna hear the word of God. <sighs> to be honest, it's not it's nothing about us. It's not about us. To be honest, it was so simple. It was nothing like, like one one person would would preach uh, and would would you know would be like a hero. No, it's like a unity. Every single one was was investing in 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 that mission, uh, their portion, the portion that God gives you, and it creates a beautiful picture. We don't have leaders. We have we have a, a Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit as a leader, and we have unity in the group. So all glory, uh, you know, belongs to God. Okay, and and if you prayed, and you participate somehow, if you donated some money, you you were the more, uh, most important part uh, uh, in this trip as well, amen. And if God will tell you to go, and and uh, you will, maybe one of us. Will not go next time, but the mission will will go will go on, because because God wants uh, Navajo and 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 uh, uh, to be changed and uh, and churches all churches were were full this time, and uh, and everywhere we go all, all meetings we, we had more people than ever before. So uh, it's good to continue praying for them because they're going through challenges. They're going through through the hard times, uh, choosing the career over over the ministry, and it's it's constant battle on on this subject. Accept the will of God. This is the best place for you to be. This is our main message. God Himself, and 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 uh, accept Him, accept His will, and you will be blessed. So that's, that's what we cultivate, that's what we preach to each other, and that's what, what we will, uh, you know, be ready to accept from God. Njomichka, please. Amen.
10: <clears throat> Amen. Um, if you were in Mexico, I'm sorry, but you're going to hear something very similar to what I said there. And um, <clears throat> if you don't like it, you can take it up with God. Um, but it's funny Dima said that all the messages were simple and I remember when I was praying and and thinking about what to preach I was trying to think okay you know we've been here so many times we've said so many things you have to come up with something you know awesome and and deep and some amazing crazy revelation they haven't heard of before and I was praying and then God just gives me five very simple verses and he says just say these verses um and uh, it's it's very simple, but it's it's something that has been uh, that God's been speaking to me a lot lately, and uh, I just wanted to share it with you. But before we do that, let's uh, let's bow our heads and pray and ask God to speak. God, we worship you today and invite you to this place, God, and invite you into our hearts once again, God, to speak to us, God, to say whatever you want to say, God. We pray that, that, that nothing would hinder you right now, God, that not me, God, not any thoughts, God, not any, any, any ideas or, or our own opinions, God, that nothing would get in your way right now, God. We just accept your word, God. We accept your truth the way that it is, God. And ask you to, to, to work in us today, God, to speak to us today. And we thank you for this opportunity we have, God, to, to hear your voice again. Amen. If we can all open up to First John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, and it's going to be verse, uh, verses 15 through 17. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world... The love of the Father is not in him, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Just a very, uh, just a very simple three verses. Uh, pretty much, there's a there's a division between. The things of this world, and then the things of God. And it's very clear in this in the scripture, and, and even more, it says, Do not love the world, or even anything in the world. And, and if anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. So it kind of goes back to that same uh, principle that Jesus was talking about, when he said you can't serve two masters. You know, you will you will either serve one and ignore the other, or you will serve the other and ignore God, But you can't serve both. You have to pretty much make a decision. Which one do you want to serve? And, if, and, and, and here, he, he, John goes even a little deeper. He, he, he doesn't even say serve. He says love. So even if you love this world, even if you're maybe not actively doing anything, maybe you're not actively you know, you know, pouring all your energy to chase the career that you want, or maybe you're not you know, fully into things. But if you have love for this world, then the love of God is already not in you. So it's almost like he he's making this this line even thinner. And it's not just if you serve this world, but it's if you have love for this world. If you if you if you care about this world, if it's important to you, if it matters, if it if it factors into to your decision making process when you think about your life or or your family or your future, if this world is somehow affecting the decisions that you're making, you have love for this world and you're attached to it somehow, and. And that's what I believe he's saying here, is if you have that love for the world, or if you have love for worldly things, or, or, or fleshly things, then the love of God, unfortunately, it's not in you. And, and you know, as he goes on to explain, you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, kind of, you know, explaining that a little bit more, comes not from the Father but from the world. So the lust of the flesh, the lust of the life, the pride of life, this is what the world teaches us to love. You know, they, they, they say, you know, have, you know, get the American dream, have an awesome career, have an awesome job, make a whole bunch of money, you know, buy a house with a white picket fence, you get a little dog, you know, you have a beautiful wife, you have beautiful kids, everything's happy, everyone's smiling, you have two beautiful cars that, that you know, that, that you're going to make monthly payments for your, your whole life because as soon as you're done making payments for them, you're going to get sick of them and want to buy new cars. And this is the American dream. This is what they push us to believe in. This is what the world pushes us to strive towards and and here and here the Bible tells us something completely different. It's saying if you do this, if you love this world, the love of God is not in you. And that's a scary thing to, to think about that's a scary thing to to, to have in your life. you know I, I want the love of God in me that's, that''s that's why I live. that's the purpose of my life. that's that's why I come to church, that's why I read his word, that's why I, that's why I pray, that's why I serve. it's because I want his love in me. And because when His love is in you, He'll take care of, of everything in your life. He'll take care of your finances. He'll take care of your family. He'll take care of every, every decision where you don't know what to do. He'll take care of you when you get sick. He'll take care of you. He, may, he might not heal you every time, but He'll always be there with you. He'll always take care, care, take care of you. He'll always be in the boat when there's a storm. Even if sometimes he's sleeping, even if sometimes you don't think he's there, even if sometimes you think he forgot you, he's still there. He's with you. He's holding your hand. When, when uh, it's, it's funny. This past week, I was doing the the story for Yogi Bear, and, and it was the I don't know if you guys have ever heard of William Wallace. My wife's never heard of William Wallace. I was telling her the story, and she's like, I don't. know, How do you know all these things? I'm like, How do you not know William Wallace this is the guy that gave Scotland their freedom? And it's like I look at the Yogi Bear story, and it's about William Wallace. I'm like, I love this guy and and but, but they kind of so long story short, uh, I'm gonna just uh can we get the pictures up on the screen so you know the king of Scotland's dead, and Scotland doesn't have a king, and then I'm just kidding, those of you who are in yogi bear get the snaps anyways, so the king of Scotland dies, he never had a son, and you know so there's no king of Scotland anymore, and because England had such a has such a, um arrogant and and nasty king, and because you know geographically, they're he, they England takes over Scotland. And, and they were ruthless. They, they oppressed the people. They, they murdered them. You know, they did all these horrible things. And, and there was a guy whose name was William Wallace. And, and he stood up, and he started going around Scotland, and he started telling them, you know what, we have to fight for our freedom. And, 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 and it's even crazy, you know, the Yogi Bear story said this, and I'm like, I don't know if he really said this. So I started doing research, and he did. He started telling the people of Scotland that they are free. Even though they were still enslaved, but he started telling them that they are free that they don't, that they 're not enslaved to anybody that they don 't belong to anybody they 're free and The more he started going around Scotland, he started telling people people started to believe he you know he, he had an army gather that, that were willing to to fight alongside him and 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 all he did was he just started to tell them that they 're free and and you know they, they fought and, and you know they won some battles they lost, and he was uh, captured uh, they cut his head off because he didn't want to pledge allegiance to England and then a couple years after that you know the the army continued to fight and people continued to die because they believed in freedom and and then you know a few years after he died Scotland became independent you know even to this day it's 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 their own uh, they're their own people their own country and they kind of kind of did a parallel of, of, of what Jesus did on the cross. And he, you know, he sacrificed himself. He, he, he died for our freedom. And we have that freedom today, whether we accept it or not, it's, it's, it's there. All we need to do is, is believe in it. And what's amazing is that, that point that he was, it's, he wasn't just, you know, William Wallace wasn't just somebody that was the commander of the army and he told them to fight. He actually fight, fought alongside them. Just like when we read, you know, about the people of Israel, when Joshua fought with his people. And today Jesus fights with us. He didn't just, you know, complete a victory on the cross and then, you know, you guys figure out how to have victory. When you guys are struggling with something, when you guys are fighting with something, Jesus is actually the one that gives you the strength to overcome. You know, the Holy Spirit inside of you is what actually gives you wisdom to know what to do and what decisions to make. And if you don't have the love of God in you, you're not going to have that that wisdom. You're not going to have that voice that speaks to you. You're not going to have the the power of of, of the cross in you that helps you to overcome this world. And and if you can't overcome this world, you're going to start loving this world. It's one or the other. There's no middle ground. So, so. You know, it's, it's one thing to say, you know, don't do this, you know, don't listen to this music, don't, don't watch those movies, don't do this, don't say this. You know, that can be good. What, I, what I'd rather say is start loving God. Start focusing on God because when you start focusing on God, the Holy Spirit will tell you to do those things. You won't need a leader to tell you, stop listening to this music. Why, why do you have this? Why are you playing video games till three o'clock in the morning? Why are you the Holy Spirit is going to start doing that because when the love of God is in you, He starts working. And yes, sometimes He'll speak to you through your leaders and you need to learn how to, how to listen. Yes, sometimes pastor or, or, or whoever's preaching will say something and it'll kind of hurt but you know it's the truth. And it's in those moments where you know, God will speak to you through others. But if you don't have the love of God in you, then none of that is going to happen. And, and you can't expect to get anywhere in your relationship with God and in your Christian walk unless you let go of the love of this world and, and, and latch onto the love of God. And the world it's, and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. And like Dima was just saying, whenever we go to Mexico, we just, I think this is the ninth trip in a row, because the first trip we just kind of um, scouted like the, you know, the, uh, the 12 scouts that went into the promised land. But, but this was the ninth time we kind of like served there, and it's still the same message, like Dima was saying, is just the will of God, find the will of God, strive for the will of God, don't focus on anything else. What's the will of God in your career? What's the will of God in your family? What's the will of God with this? What's the will of God with this? Don't make your own decisions. Don't try to do things with your own understanding. What does God want from your life? And the scripture, it says, whoever does the will of God lives forever. So whoever does the will of God gets to heaven. Whoever does the will of God are the people that are not going to go to hell when they die. Just as simple as that. And and there's a lot of places we, we can we can read about where, where you know Paul gives us wisdom and he gives us commands that, that, that we need to do. And then there's a lot of, you know, in the English Bible there's a lot of red text, there's a lot of words that Jesus speaks, but but what what uh what God reminded me is is the last couple of verses in the book of Matthew. When when Jesus has his last moments, you know, after he died on the cross and then he resurrected, and then He was with His disciples. And, then, and the last thing that He says to them is, you know, that scary place where it's not everyone who says to Me shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but He who does the will of My Father. And many will say to Me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Your name, cast out demons, and done many wonders in Your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. And then he goes on to, you know, he, he goes on in the very last verses. He says, you know, go and preach. Go and preach the gospel to anybody who will listen. You know, go to all the nations. Go everywhere you can. Go and, and you know, to all people, to all tongues, to all nations. Just go and preach the gospel. And is, is, is that not what his will is for us today? And it doesn't just mean when, when we go to Mexico or, you know, the group that goes to Mexico. It's for every single one of us. That's what we need to do. That's what, the, that's what the disciples did after you know on the after the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came onto them. What's the very first thing they did? Peter came out and he started to preach. What did they do? The, after that moment, it's like there was a, there was an explosion or there was like a ripple effect where the Holy Spirit came down and then it just went all around the world. What did they and, and what's interesting is before that moment, it says that there were times when, you know, they would go back on the shipping boats and then they would gather together and pray and then they would kind of go to their, back to their regular life and their jobs. But after that happened, they all just kind of left their regular lives and they moved somewhere. Or they, or they went to a different nation or they went to a different part of the world. You know, somebody went to Asia, somebody went to uh, Europe, to Africa, and they kind of spread and they started preaching the gospel wherever they went. So it's it's almost like that's an indicator of what happens when when the Holy Spirit comes. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when the love of God is inside of you, naturally what, needs, what what should start happening is is you start telling the people around you. And and if and if we have fear or if we have some something holding us back, it means we don't have a clear enough understanding of, of the love of God and 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 we need to, to we need to start praying more we need to start asking God for this because because if Jesus looked out into the fields of harvest and he said and he said the fields are ripe and, and the workers are few who can I send? and in Isaiah 6 8 it's God saying the same thing who can I send who will go for us it's almost like God is always looking for people to send he, he sees that the fields are ready he sees that that People are dying and he wants to save them, but he doesn't have anybody to send. And and he and it's it's almost like I don't want to use the word need because God doesn't need anything. But but it's it's like He's waiting or or He wants somebody to to have that fire burn in their eyes and say, God, I'll go wherever You send me. God, I'll I'll, I'll say whatever You want to whoever You want. Just just put Your love inside of me. Put Your power, God. I'll do I'll do whatever it takes to 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 fight with this with this fear that's inside of me. I'll do whatever it takes to to. To stop overthinking everything when you tell me you know, to, go, to go preach to that guy in the streets. I'll, you know, I'll fight with myself, God, but give me that power. That's, that's what I want in my heart. And, and if you have that desire in your heart, even if you're not doing it yet, if that desire is there, that means that God's already putting into motion His, His will. And, and, and He's already starting to act in your life. But if you don't have that in it, and if all you're thinking is right now, man, I can't wait until youth is over and I can go back home and, and get on YouTube or, or do this or, or watch a movie or, or go hang out. If that's what you're thinking right now, that's a scary place to be. But but if inside of you are thinking, yes, this is what I want. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how it's possible. I don't think I'll ever amount to anything. I don't think I'll ever be able to really preach, preach the Word of God. I don't think I'll be able to, to really... Preach the gospel to anybody without any fear. It, but but God, if, if you can do it, God, that's what I want. If you, I, I don't understand it. I can't imagine it. I can't believe it. But I know with you all things are possible. And I know that you're calling me. I know that I, I go to school and I sit next to people and I laugh with them and we joke around with them. And if we die right now, they're going to go to hell. And God, somewhere inside of me, that bothers me. You know, if you're in that state, you know, keep fighting. Don't Don't just... Don't just kind of stay in that, and then get to a point where where you're like, where you're like Jonah, where you're like, oh, I don't want to go. It's it's so hard. Or 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 I always forget who 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 the weeping prophet was. It was Jeremiah. He's the. Where's Jerry? But it's like, the you know, kind of you get to that state where you're always like, and it's one thing to weep for people, but it's another thing to kind of like be whiny. It's like, oh, it's so hard. Oh, Christianity is so hard. Oh, it's so hard to read the Bible. Oh, why do all my friends get to have fun? And I have to go to church on Friday. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. It's going to be a lot harder in hell. It's, it's better just to suffer here while you're living to not do what you want to do and do the things that God wants you to do because then you have everlasting life. Then you get to spend all eternity with God. And yes, it's hard. For every single one of us, it's hard. You know, we come there to Mexico twice a year, and they're all excited to see us. And we don't know what they go through when we're here. We don't know how difficult it is for them. We, and they go through the same struggles we go through. They, they have the same battles in their minds. They have the same battles with their emotions that every single one of us has and that every single person in the Bible had. You think it was easy for, for, for Gideon just to just to throw everything off and believe that okay I'll be a commander of, of, of the army of God and when we'll go fight. When he's you know pressing grapes with his feet and everybody else hid. You know, do you think it's, it's not easy? There's a, yeah, there's a lot of thoughts that go into their head. Yeah, you think it's, it's easy for Jesus was, when He's in the Garden of Gethsemane and it says he, His sweat was like blood. You think it's easy in those moments? You think they don't have emotions? You think they're just like robots and, and you know, they, they had special grace from God? No, they had all the same emotions. They had all the same thoughts. They had all the same ideas. They had all the same opportunities like all of us had. But they all made a decision. And that's what every single one of us can do today. We can make those decisions. We, we, can, we can say, God, I, I keep doing this. God, I keep falling in this. But just, just tell me what to do. I want to be free. I, I want to be closer to you. I, I, I want to I, I do your will. Even though somewhere in, in the back of my mind, I'm already starting to see what it is. And it scares me. But, but I want to do it you know and do, do we have that 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 drive inside of us do do we have that somewhere in our heart where where our desire is just god what do you want and yeah we fail but but do you have that desire because if you don't have that desire then 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 the love of god is probably not in you and and you know last year pastor preached you know of a good amount of time about being born again and that's when that love of God is, is born in you, when you're born again. And and I was watching uh, uh, when Ken Ham opened his his uh, Noah's Ark exhibit. And on the second day, uh, Bill Nye came came there with him. And uh, it's just so interesting to watch. it's It's so interesting to watch somebody who knows God and then watch somebody who knows this world. And it's like you're watching a grown-up and you're watching a child. And I don't know how else to explain it. It's like, and, 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 and Ken Ham's like, you know, can I, Bill, can I pray for you? I want to pray for you so that you would be born again. And, he, and it's, it's amazing. It's like you can read the Bible and it's the same exact words. He's like, what do you mean to be born again? What, can we go back in our mother's womb and be born again? And I'm just thinking that, I'm like, wow, we are so blessed that we know this. And the smart guy, Bill Nye, doesn't understand the simple principle and this is stuff that a lot of you have heard from, from, from childhood if you were raised in a in a christian family and this is and 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 you, you, we have such an advantage over a lot of other people our our ages and older than us and younger than us it doesn't matter we have such an advantage because we're in a church where god speaks the truth and 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 you you have everything you need here to succeed in your walk with god you have everything you could ever possibly need in, in the word and in, in the spirit and in, in, in his love and when you're born again you have everything you will ever possibly need because the, 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 the love that he showed on the cross that the, the freedom that he gave you the mercy the grace that he gives you every single day to be able to get up to be able to keep fighting to be able to keep moving forward when it's difficult when you don't feel like it you have everything you need because it's already inside of you if you choose to accept it if you choose to accept it and not just accept part of it, not just accept it when when it's convenient, but if you accept all of God, then it's inside of you, and then and then the, the, the place where, where where Jesus said you can you could turn mountains upside down. You could do all you need is faith as small as a mustard seed. Because when God is living in you, when God starts to move through you, when God starts to do what he wants. In your life, you'll start to do things that you never even thought you would be able to do. And you'd be in positions you never even thought you would be in. And then that that place is so scary where where He says, Lord, not everyone who says to Me shall enter the kingdom of heaven. It means that that there will be be Christians who were serving. It says there were people who were driving out demons. There 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 were people who... Who who thought who prophesied in his name and done many wonders, done miracles in God's name. So you look at them; they'll be even even greater than any of us. I don't know. I I, you know. Do do you guys do great wonders? Do you guys cast out demons on a daily basis? I I don't. And and these people do, and they come before God, and God says, "I never knew you." Because they missed the most important thing. It's not about what we do. It's not about where we go. It's about your heart, and it's about your willingness to accept God and your willingness to accept whatever He has for your life. That that's it. And when when you understand that, when you accept His will, when you and when you get to that point where you say, "God, just whatever you want," and and I remember for me, it's like looking back at my life. I can remember those like checkpoints where, where where something would just break in me and and one time is when we were we were being you know sued by the government you know which is always fun and and we were going to this thing and we're like we might actually get deported right now and 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 it was such a difficult situation and I, and I, and I remember i was I was with Dima down in his office and and I remember he said he's like, well what if it's God's will for you to move back to israel and I remember how Deep that cut, and I remember how I did one, and i'm like I'm kind of in the beginning like, no, I have you know ministry here, and I grew up here i've 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 already lived in America more than I live there it's like you know i'm 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 an american i'm I, you know i'm i'm here this is this is my place and any and then i I remember that point where where i just I just almost started to tear up and i said okay whatever whatever god's will is, that's what I want and it's like even even just, just uttering those words, something just snapped inside of me. Something broke. And obviously we didn't get deported because I wouldn't be here right now. But but it's like in that moment something just just broke off. And I can and I can remember all those moments in my life where where I wanted to hold on to something and that and you just and you let go for God. And then and then and then looking back, you, you realize those are the moments where where where, where you you grew up those are the moments where you really matured then and and you didn't even and it's almost like those those weren't even the most difficult moments though it wasn't wasn't the most challenging and and you know it didn't need a very complicated solution it was just a very simple solution just a very simple thing I needed to say and that's all it took and and there will be moments like that in your life and when those moments come if if you don't make the right decision then 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 if you don't let God take hold of your life, then the world's going to start taking hold of your life. You, you, you might think that you have it all under control, that you understand everything, that you have, you know, your five-year plan, then you got your 10-year plan, then you got your 20-year plan, you got everything figured out every step of the way, you're going to do this, then do this, and you might think you have it all figured out, but as soon as you think you have everything figured out, you're already enslaved to this world. Because you're already trapped into, into, into that system. You're already trapped into, into, into Satan's plot. And, that's it. and you think you got everything, but you don't. Because that, you, you really only get everything when you lose it for God. You know That's when you gain everything. When you lose yourself for God, that's when you gain everything that you ever possibly need. And, and when His love enters into your heart, then you should start seeing the love of this world start to fade away. And if you don't see it today, we're going to have an opportunity to pray at the end. And, and, I, and I know, my God, and I know that He can set anybody free. And I know that He can do anything that, that, that we'll ask Him to do that's according to His will. And it's His will for every single one of us to have His love. And it's His will for every single one of us to live according to His will. And if we ask Him for that, He'll give it to us. And then... In John 13, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you love one another. And as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all you will, oh, by this all will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Just a simple thing. If, if, if I'll say it again, a new commandment, that you love one another. And as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So, so it's saying that you love one another, and then he's even kind of explaining that he's saying, as I have loved you, that you learn to love one another. So it, it's it's and when we think about the 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 sacrifice that we just heard about on 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 Sunday and and and. and that's real love, when, when you're willing to lay down your life for somebody, right? That's the very ultimate, that's the, that's the peak, that's the highest level of love. When you're willing to sacrifice yourself, when you're willing to sacrifice what you want to do, when you're willing to sacrifice your plans and desires for somebody else. And when we talk about eternal life, Paul even got to the point where he's saying, I'm willing to give up my own salvation, so that these people can be saved. It's like and you think about it, you're like, how is that even possible? How how isn't there supposed to be even a little small ounce of selfishness where 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 you want to be saved yourself? But he's saying he loved the people around him so much that he even to the point where he's saying, I'm willing to give up this thing that I'm working for my whole life, just so that all these people could be saved. You know, that's that's the that's the peak, that's that's the ultimate. Goal. That's what we're striving for, and and and, and when God enters, as I mentioned, it's it's you know we start to uh, we should start to talk to the people around us. We should start affecting the people around us, and 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 and, and start fighting in 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 our struggle with with shame or or fear or 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 whatever it is. And that should that should start happening. And it and if. I'll say the same thing again, if that's not happening and and we're always stuck in thinking about ourselves and our own life and our own plans and our own careers and our own this and our own that and our own everything, then then we're not loving the people around us. And if we're not loving the people around us, then, then we're living a selfish life. Just as simple as that, and it doesn't mean you need to, you know, sign up for Mexico right now because I want to, you know, prove to myself and to everybody that I love people. It's not even in that. It's it's it's. Do you love people when when nobody from church sees you? You know, when when you when you're just sitting at school and you know nobody else from our church is in your school, or you're in college, or you're at work and nobody else is there. Do you love people there when nobody sees you? Do 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 you love people when nobody will find out about? you preaching the gospel, when you won't have an opportunity to, you know, share your testimony in a group, when, when nobody will hear of, of what you did at all. Will you love people then? Or, or is it only when, 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 when you're, you know, on the stage? Or is it only when you're on a mission trip? Because if it gets to that point where you're only serving people to be seen, then you're going to be one of those people that come up to Jesus, and He's going to say, Jesus, I did this. Jesus, I did these amazing things. And He says, I never knew you. Because you weren't being driven by love, you weren't being driven by the by the love of God that's in you that, that naturally loves people. You were driven by the love for yourself, and you just found a you know a Christian circle where people will pay attention to you instead of a, a worldly circle where you, where you can learn how to how to how to juggle really well, and people will you know worship you for for being an amazing jug- juggler at uh, Cirque du Soleil or, or whatever. You know, you just found a Christian group to hang out with where, you know, you do Christian things so that they look at you like you're cool. When, when, when we were in Barcelona, you know, I, I, God's amazing. And I, and I got to fulfill one of my childhood dreams that I never thought I would, I would be able to do. And I didn't even plan that. It's just literally God did it. And, and me and Xuxa got to go to a Barcelona game. And, you know, everything was great and it was cool. And then, and then when Messi scored a goal, I just had this disgusting feeling. Because he scored a goal and literally the whole, the whole auditorium, almost 100,000 people started going, Messi. And they're literally doing this with their hands. And you're sitting there and you're like, what is going on right now? And and you just realize that that you you look at this worldly person and his whole life is built around around being an awesome soccer player so that people around him worship him. And that's on a you know much bigger scale than, than any of us will ever be in. But but that's that's what that's what it is. When you serve this world, when you love this world, that's what happens. You start doing things so that people around you notice you're good, so they start to worship you, so they start to pay attention to you. Why do we see all these YouTubers? Why do we see all these people on Instagram where the most important thing is for you to have the most followers? What about being followers of Christ? What about being followers of God? No, I need the most followers. I need people to look up to me. I need people to pay attention to me. You know, I put a camera on my face. I say something stupid. And millions of people pay attention because I'm so awesome. It's, that's what this world is built on. It's, it's on pride. It's on selfishness. It's on the love of yourself. And when you have the love of God in you, you can't have that. Because you can't serve two masters. And when you have the love of God, you don't care about what people think. And that's, when the, that's probably when the fear and the shame inside of you starts dying away because you don't care if they look at you like you're crazy. You don't care if, 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 if they'll tell you you're, you're cuckoo bananas. That, because you're, you understand that right now I'm loving my neighbor. And if I don't tell him the truth, I don't love him. What do I, need? I need to tell him. I need to do something. I, I, I need to try. I need to take him out to lunch. I, I need to do something. That's what we need to to, to focus on in in our lives. And then in Hebrews 6.10, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor, of a love which you have shown towards His name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister, and, 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 then, and then even it's like it, we just talked about how difficult it is sometimes to serve and, and, and how we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll strive to fight for it. And, and what you need to remember is as you're fighting, as you're putting in an effort, as you're doing everything that you possibly can to please God, he, he's even giving us a promise and he's saying, God, is, I am not unjust. I see everything you're going through. I know all your struggles. I know, I know whether you're really trying or whether you're slacking off. I know whether you're really not able to overcome something, or whether you just don't want to overcome something. And if he sees that in your heart, your desire is to to, to be free from something, your desire is to get closer to him. If he sees that, he he's just he knows what you're capable of. He knows where 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 your where your bar is. He knows where your limit is. He knows everything that you can do with your own strength. And then once he sees that. That's when he releases his grace. That's when he gives you strength. That's when you're able to overcome this world. That's where you're able to overcome any sinner or any addiction or anything else in your life. When, when, when you fight and you do everything to get up to that peak, to get up to that bar, to say, God, I'm 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 sweating blood right now. I don't know what else to do. I I I don't know. I need you, God. You know, let your will be and even in that moment Jesus said, Let your will be done. So even at the moment where he's broken, at the very tip, at the very brink of of, of, of of him failing, at the very brink of him of him almost falling, he says, Let your will be done. And it's like as soon as he says that something just shifted. Something shifts, something changes. And, and, and the same things happened in my life time and time again. And I know the same things happened in, in, in some of your lives and, and will happen. It's in those difficult moments when you just say, God, whatever you want, whatever you want, wh- wh- whoever you want me to go to, whatever you want me to say,
4: whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Amen.
11: Let's all stand up.